0: Hello there. Hello. Today, today, (laughs) now speaking to the listeners, we have a conversation with Tracy Cook. And you know, this is not the first or even the second, I think, public-facing, podcast-oriented recording that we've done together. But this one in particular is special because of the timing. So Tracy, give us some context on why of any day or week of the year, we're having a conversation right now.
1: Um, Because we're about, oh, just a few days out from my 10-year anniversary from my very first um, strength training session, which happened to be a kettlebell training session with a trainer.
0: Now, that's amazing because I can imagine most people probably don't know their, their, you know, probably didn't note their first uh, workout, um, so to speak. So it's it's pretty cool that you actually have it down to the day of quite literally when you started training. Um, and, you know, again, for maybe some of us, like maybe we worked out like, you know, here and there, like in high school or whatever. So it's like, eh, we don't really have maybe like a hard start date. So to speak, but you do you you actually have it marked on your calendar. So why do you have your first workout marked on your calendar?
1: Um, it's marked in my brain forever. In your know. brain, I should say. I, yes, I will always remember it um, because it's um, a huge life event for me. It's a huge one right now. It's a milestone, but that date in particular. Um, signifies really a a date that changed my whole life. Um, It's cliche to sound, to say, but uh, it was when I look back on what I've accomplished and what I've gained personally, mentally, um, physically over the last 10 years, that date was the day that I decided to um, do something for myself and loved it and had no idea that day what it would evolve into. Um, And so I remember even the first year, how excited I was that I had stayed the course with something for a year. And every year since that date just means um, even more to me.
0: Right on. Uh, So what what date in particular is it?
1: September 6th. September 6th,
0: okay. (laughs) Cool. Um, so take us back 10, let's say maybe 10 and a half years ago. Sure. What, what, was, what was a day in the life of Tracy Cook like?
1: <laughs> it was very, very different than, than it is today. Um, I, I worked a lot. Um, I had a job. I still have this exact same job now. So which is also ironic that um, I work with a great company, but I worked around the clock. I would wake up five in the morning. I'd work straight through probably till one in the morning. I had no, um, I didn't train, I didn't work out at all, I guess, to give some context to where I was 10 and a half years ago, I guess, in relative to like any kind of training or exercise, Um, I have no athletic background whatsoever. And I pretty much grew up always wanting to try things, wanting to do things. Um, Nothing ever really stuck. So I was always a member of a gym. I was probably the, you know, um, typical person who would join and maybe I'd go once or twice a year. I would try classes um I tried running I always thought running is what I needed to do I hated running hated running I just didn't enjoy it but I would do it because um, you know I would try it and I actually had done growing up I was like on the tennis team in high school tennis team in college and I was horrible I was like I was never really good at anything athletic So I would give up very quickly on anything. So about 10 and a half, 10 and a half years ago, I was working um, and I pretty much worked myself. I had all these projects I was working on and I just came to a point where I was, I guess you would say you know that I hit a very low point. Um, I took horrible care of myself. Um, I didn't do anything for myself. I just worked all the time. And I just hit a point where I knew that I was not, I couldn't keep doing that. And so I really wanted to do something for myself. And I think it took something drastic like that to finally make me actually want to do something um, and stick to it. So I, you know, that was 10 and a half years ago that I made the decision that I would start trying to do something for, you know, for myself. And that summer, I, again, started running. So I thought, I always thought running was the answer. And I'm just not built for running. So it's very challenging for me. I'm a very slow runner. So I was doing like the couch to 5k program. And I signed up for a half marathon with my friend on my birthday. I was like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. So I sign up for this and I start going to the rec center that summer. running circles around this little indoor track and I did it and I was determined to stick with it and my husband one day it was coming up close to September he said you know I really think that you would like doing some kind of strength training I mean running is fine and if it gives you a goal that's great but I really think that you might like this kettlebell training and he had been going to this kettlebell studio i was living in dc at the time and he was going to this kettlebell studio and um taking classes and he said you know just give it a shot i i think you would like it um mm-hmm. and he had bought me a kettlebell like a little you know 8k i still have it my first kettlebell, I'd never used it because I didn't know what to do with it. I He had bought me a video and I had tried to learn swings on my own and I just gave up. So I remember, and I will remember this as well. It was about a week before my f- the first training session and it was a small studio um, in DC. And I emailed them to ask if I could come to these classes. And they said, they replied back to me. I mean, and even just sending that email was a huge, huge step for me. But I remember um, they emailed me back and she, it was Adrian, And she was super nice in the email. And she told me that I had to do two one-on-one training sessions with a trainer in, a, in order to be able to do these classes. So I was like okay that's fine. So go forward a week and it's September 6th the day that that I'm referring to and I I will again even though it was 10 years ago I will always remember this um, just how nervous I was because I had never worked with Trainer, I honestly just always thought they were very expensive and for people who had a ton of money, and that wasn't something you know, so I just never thought it was anything that I would actually be doing. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was very nervous, and it was a small studio, which honestly was perfect for me. And I went in there, and they match you with somebody for your first session. And the person I got matched with, her name's Julie, and um, she just that day she she taught me you know some basic she did some mobility some warm-up stuff and then went through the process and taught me swings and she just made me feel like um like you know i knew what i was doing even though i had no idea she didn't make me she made me feel strong and it was the first day that i had ever done anything and i just remember how great it felt and then I also remember how incredibly sore I was after that first day. Oh, sure. And I was like, "This is fun." So I went back for a second training session, um, and then at that point, I decided that you know what, I kind of want to keep working one-on-one with a with a trainer. I like that, even though I could do the classes. At that point, um, I wanted more time to be able to to learn it, and. I mean, you know, from that point forward, obviously we can go through all the years and everything, but I've never not had a coach or trainer from that point. That was, um, a pivotal point. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah, well, that certainly speaks to the value of having a great trainer and there's maybe some room for interpretation on what that actually means. But I think probably the most important thing is giving clients and students a sense of success right off the bat, a sense of progression, a sense of of, of winning. And that can be a tricky thing with a lot of um, fitness modalities, so to speak. Like if you go to a class, Sometimes it can be like, ah, eh, did I do it right? How do I stack up with maybe everybody else in a given class or even like with with running, you know, five miles is five miles. And it's like, what's what's the metric for, is that good? Is that bad? What's, do I do more? Do I do less? Do I go faster? What have you. But the really special thing, I think about strength training especially when you're in the hands and under the influence of a good coach is maybe not all the time, but especially when you first start off, it should feel like a grease slide of success and winning and getting stronger and progress. And it's not to say that it's not difficult, not challenging, or you don't wake up with a sore rear end, you know, but it's like, okay, I'm learning something, I'm getting better at techniques, and I'm getting positive reinforcement, and every rep and every set is a success. So it's like we're getting better. Um, and that's that's really what strength training is is all about. And because I have the context of over the course of years, kind of knowing how you operate, I know just how key that is for your mindset and your motivation uh, yeah. to to train. Is just that um, that sense of progression and success. And uh, yeah, so kudos to Fitness on the Run and yeah. Julie um for jump starting that process there for you yeah. Yeah. yeah so so what were those first few weeks or first months like what what was the nature of the training what was the nature of the workouts
1: yep so it was very um she what i what i really liked about her and also set up you know really set my foundation was she was very, very strict with form, which obviously I appreciate now. So it was very, a very slow process um, of going through the different movements. I started going to the classes as well. So I I had like two training sessions a week with her one-on-one, and then I had the classes on Saturdays. And so I got to be, there were like the classes only had like four or five people in it. So it was still small and it was super nice and very, you know, um, we got a lot of attention and one still personal interaction. Um, but what I remember is the progressions and getting to, I was so excited to learn the Turkish getup. And even just learning the Turkish getup, I think was, gosh, like maybe six weeks worth of you know time of you know first body weight and then with a shoe and then and i remember even like with the first weight it was a very small weight and building up but every time i got to add something or do something it was so cool and and that is seeing progress and julie was really really good about just you know making me feel strong and that's something i had never felt before and At the same time, she was helping me because also I needed to um, kind of reel in my nutrition. And so she, you know, I now I wanted to because now I start seeing that I'm doing, you know, all this work and really just see some of the benefits. I knew that I kind of needed to reel in my eating as well. Um, But for the first time, I actually really wanted to for a reason. And that was kind of cool. Um, But. I remember, I think it was, you know, that was probably the first couple months and then, but it was all kettlebell. So a lot of um, core, a lot of core work um, focusing on tension because at that point I had no concept of what tension was. So breathing, learning, you know, different drills for tension. Um, and learning the movement slowly but surely. No snatches or anything like that. It was all very basic um, kettlebell movements to try to really hone in and let me focus on that. And then I remember, I think it was probably six months after I had been working with her, that one morning we were, it was like, there were like four little training areas, two rooms downstairs and then they had an upstairs. It was actually in like a townhouse in old town Alexandria. And I remembered the downstairs, they had a rack and, and barbells in the other room, but I, 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 I had never touched any of that. And one day we were doing kettlebells and one of the other trainers was in the other room and there was someone, a guy in there deadlifting. And Julie saw me keep kind of eyeing in there. And she was like, would you ever want to do that? I'm like, yes. I, I mean, that looks cool. I would love to try that. So the next training session, she got that room. So that way we could, and and she taught me how to deadlift. And I mean, every time, every exercise, different movement that I got, then it was like the greatest thing ever. And so I just had never been so happy doing anything. And that's, I think, the thing that both my husband noticed and my friends, they're like, you just look so happy. And I was, I would, I didn't miss. And as you know, because you worked, to have worked with me for so long. I mean, I literally in all the time, the year and a half that I was in DC training, I never missed one training session. Like I, I freaked out. Like if my car wouldn't start or it was snowing or anything like that, because I looked forward to it that much. So her, the training Mm -hmm. sessions with her, um, there was a period of time where I had, before I um, left, I had a period of time where I had to do like this training course for, I think it was like 14 weeks, but it was gonna be starting at 7 a.m. I had to be like at the base and my, and I trained with her at 6.30, six or 6.30. And so there was no way I was gonna be able to do that. And so she switched it around and she met me there at like 4.30 in the morning. So that way we could do the training because, because it was that important. She knew that it was at that point had become part of like what I wanted to do. So anyway, it evolved over those six months to a year into something that was really cool and really fun to something that really started to become like part of who I was. And something that I, there was nothing that I liked better than those three days a week that I got to do that.
0: Mm. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, You know, it also also just kind of goes to show the importance of not giving up until you find something that resonates. Now, of course, I'm biased, we're biased to say like strength training, lifting, um, is that thing for a lot of people. Maybe we might make the argument for everybody in in some some form or fashion. Um, Because of the depth that is there, the the amount that you can learn about your body and how your body works and operates by pitting it up against gravity, by pitting it up against weights in all these different ways. And it's... I feel like when I learn a new exercise, I'm kind of having this experience to a small degree, like with jujitsu, learning these new physical skills. It's like tasting new. It's like, it's like, it's like developing your palate. It's like finding new, new foods, new tastes. And suddenly it's like, whoa, you know, imagine going your whole life without having pizza, you know, maybe you've had some cheese over there. Maybe you've had like pepperoni and sausage, like in an omelet or whatever, but you put it all together, you you put it on a, you know, you put it on a pie and suddenly, oh, this is pizza. And then this, then the whole world of pizza opens up to you. And that might be kind of a, a weird example, <laughs> a weird analogy, but um, it just goes to show like certain things just resonate yeah. with people just right off the bat. and you know, you may not, you know, again, you you have this new food, it's like, I don't know what's in it. I don't even know how to describe the taste, but I know that I like it. And I know that I probably want to have it again next week, or that I want to make it at home. And when we when we learn new ways to move and express our body and develop our physicality, sometimes just these things just leap right out. And, um, and and find, find a place in our brains in our psyches to where we think, like, wow, this is something that intuitively we know that we need and want to continue to do. And that's that's certainly the case with uh, you know, a lot of us kettlebell yeah. nerds.
1: Well, and I what's funny is I remember before I moved to DC, I lived in I was in California and Sacramento and I had, you know, a ton of friends, military friends, because we were at an Air Force base. And there was one girl who I remember who just, she worked out all the time, strength training all the time. And I remember that she was pregnant having um, her first child. And I remember her saying, um, talking about how she was going to have to be not be able to train for like these six weeks or whatever and how she was so upset about it and I was like what's what's wrong with you I mean I'd be happy you know and I couldn't I couldn't relate or I couldn't understand like how somebody could like doing something that much because I had been to my share of like lots of classes I would go to you know different classes aerobic type classes and things like that um I really had never done anything like in the actual gym it was mainly classes or like little circuit type things and you know they were fine but I I never thought about it as gosh you know what will I do if I can't do this for six weeks so when she would say that so then fast forward to once I you know got into my routine of doing this training and then all of a sudden I was like now I understand. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do think, you know, I can relate to people who I have a lot of friends who love running, love running, and that's their strength training. They, they found their thing that just makes them excited to go do it and running. So, because I have friends who are like that, I kept thinking, well, maybe someday I'm going to run fast enough or something, and I'm going to get this runner's high. And all I got was I want to die. <laughs> So, you know, that wasn't my thing. And, you know, that's but I found my thing. And, you know, I I'm thankful yeah. that I did.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm glad we have that recorded because I think that's going to be a great quote. I was searching for the runner's high, but yeah, we'll <laughs> But we'll, instead. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll clip that for later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um
0: cool. So a fantastic foundation of kettlebell lifting, obviously deadlifts. Um, by some alignment of the stars, um, you we you found your way into my neck of the woods, and we started training down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, so that was obviously another kind of a big step in your journey because you're now, you know, for context, your husband is, is in the military, which requires you guys to move around quite a bit. Right. And that, that is the big snafu when you're working with a personal trainer is yeah. once you find your person, it's like, well, that's, it's kind of like, you know, that is your person. And yeah. um, moving when either one of you move that can be a uh, that can be kind of a traumatic experience because it, it is a special relationship, and especially when lifting and training becomes such an integral part of your life, um, it, it throws throws all the balls up in the air. But, but you did, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but then you and I um, cross paths and. Yep. That that obviously represented you were in a new city, checking out a new gym, checking out yep. a new trainer, completely different training environment. You know, I was working at a corporate big box gym at the time. Yep. Which is a far cry from like
1: the small little kettlebell studio, and yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. So what was that transition like?
1: Uh, well, it was I mean, it was traumatic, obviously, to leave my trainer in D.C. I was very upset about and anxious about that whole transition. But luckily, you know, I found Zach, who who followed a lot of the same principles. I knew that I wanted to continue with kettlebells. I wanted I liked barbell training. So I really wanted to do barbell training and body weight. And I. You know, like the idea of doing a kettlebell class. So when I reached out to Zach, and he said, "Hey, I do all of those," um, I we and and we did our first training session on Memorial Day. So I will remember that as well. Um, I all these things get stored in my brain, but it was it was cool because I still had Zach was teaching a kettlebell class, so I was able to have the a new little community of some really great people. Um, And I was welcomed immediately. And then the with the training, I knew deadlifts, but I had never done really any other barbell lifts. Um, And so within the first couple training sessions with with Zach, I he started to teach me bench press and back squat. And I was like, oh, this is, this is super fun. And so uh, very quickly, I, you know, once I could get back to, I think it was like maybe a month after a month, six weeks after I moved that I was able to start, um, do, doing the training again, and same thing. I, Zach and I were doing early morning twice a week, and I or three times a week, and then I then the kettlebell classes. I would go to go to those, and so I felt like I was back in my routine, um, because I still to this point, and I was, you know, talking about this recently. Is I had never, I didn't had never really. St- even to this point, done any training on my own, occasionally once or twice at home, but all I knew was working with a trainer. So as soon as I could get back into that, you know, I was back in my routine. Um, But it was probably like, I don't know, maybe a month after, um, after I started working with Zach that I he mentioned to me, you know, he had recently done a powerlifting meet. I think he saw how excited I was about benching. Cause I, I mean, I was, I was, had gained a lot of strength from my kettlebell training, which clearly carried over into the barbell training. So because I was stronger than I'm sure, you know, probably most people who are starting off with those, with those. So, um, I was very excited because I had no idea, you know, what was good, what wasn't. And he was like, trust me, this is very good. Have you ever thought about competing in a powerlifting meet? And I was like, "Um, no, because I don't even know what that is. And he was like, oh, I think you'd like it. So I was like, "Okay." so I go home. I Google powerlifting competition or whatever, and I see people in their singlets and stuff and in front of judges, and I'm like, yeah, no thanks, so I came back the next day, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so, and he's like, okay, well, just want to mention it. I think you'd like it, so I mentioned it to my husband, who's, who is overseas. He was stationed overseas at that point, which is why I was back in Charlotte, and um, he was like, okay, so you clearly like working towards goals, you hate running, yet you're still training for these half marathons, I think you should do it. And I was like, he, could, he was like, what else do you, are you doing this year? You know, He was gone for a year, so year and a half. So I was like, okay. So then I thought about it and I thought, eh, maybe this would be cool. So my next training session with Zach, I said, okay. I think I'm going to do this. And the, this was like in July, um, of 2014 and the meet was in March of 2015. So that way we had plenty of time to start, you know, working and training towards it. And it was fun because when you're a brand new lifter, anybody who's a brand new lifter, especially with barbells and stuff, I was like setting PRs every single month. <laughs> Zach had the PR board. I was like, it was amazing. And so it was probably one of the most fun times of training that I've ever had.
0: Oh yeah. Well, same, same goes on my end. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's I, I think I mentioned this on a recent podcast with andy that one of the one of the real thrills it as as a coach is just having students who you can tell are finding their lane and are actually like excited about something and and then all you have to do is you know give them the proverbial you know on mario kart when you hit like the the arrows and it just you know, I don't know how recently or not you've played Mario Kart, right? But it's like, okay, well, they're already heading in this direction one way or the other. So let's just let's just give them let's just give them the turbo boost in in this direction. And that was you know that was very much the case um with you. So, yeah, I mean, again, in in those first you know months and and I guess, you know year, um, we did. Kettlebell certification, power yep. Powerlifting
1: within like a month,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, Spartan races, yep. Which, Spartan you know, races, are a little tangential, but but in there as well. Um, so yeah, so uh, and you know certainly you weren't the only one, and there was um, you know lots of other you know folks that we had in the community who were very much on that same path. Yeah, and yeah, I mean from my perspective, that's that's kind of the sweet spot to be as a coach and as a trainer is when your nerdiness and expertise and passion and enthusiasm matches the budding passions of of your clients. And so you you can kind of see the journey that's in front of them that they can't see. It's like, I knew that you were gonna be a power lifter before you did. (laughs) <laughs> I knew that that was in all likelihood going to be something that you were going to do and excel at, but you know, everything in its own time. Um, so yeah, those were, those were certainly um, exciting times and to fast forward just a little bit more um, maybe to another milestone that is always a trip for me to hear from you um this progression from you being a client who worked with a trainer to what i would consider an athlete who worked under the consultation of a coach which right. means working out on your own
1: yes sometimes. exactly yes Yeah. So, and that was a transition obviously as well. And, you know, I, I remember even that, you know, maybe six months after we started working together, the very first time there was like one weekend that Zach was going to be out of town and so I was like well I need I want to train so he wrote me a little program and I go in the first time by myself and I was petrified even though it's where I trained multiple times a week here I am without my coach I have to do this on my own and it was really cool I was like and I was benching or something and you know so that was really exciting and then Um, it started to, you know, I would start substituting some of his kettlebell classes. And that was my first experience as actually teaching people, which I was completely out of my comfort zone, but it was fun. And so that was my first experience with that. And then I started doing a little bit more. He, as I was preparing for my, um, kettlebell certification, I would do some of that on my own after training and that evolved then. Again, thanks to the military after, you know, I can com- competed t- like two or three times, um, did the certification. So we fast forward to that October and I had been working with Zach for a year and a half and it was time to move again, back to DC for 10 months. And again, I was devastated. So I, because here I am in my routine and I have to shake it up again. So at that point, I told Zach, I was like, okay, I'm not finding somebody else at this point. I knew I was only going to be in DC for 10 months. And then I was going to be moving to Argentina, which we knew all along was going to happen. So I was like, let's, let's do this online, you know, let's figure this out. And it and it was great. So between us, we worked together on You know, it was kind of, he would write the programs, I would update it, I would work out on my own. And I really, really loved it. And I found, started finding that it really, truly became like my time to myself. I would put my music in, I would go, you know, to the gym and had my program all written out for me. So I would start doing that. So I did that for 10 months, still preparing for meets. Zach and I would have our calls every week and go through everything, and I realized, okay, this, you know, this is working out really well. And then I moved to Argentina for four years. Time goes by so fast, and um, and even there, from you know, I I basically landed, got my got to you know to our new place, and the next day my husband was like you want to go train, don't you? And I was going to be training at least initially at the, um, the embassy where we were, I could walk to it. It was like a 30 minute walk. And I had already emailed them ahead of time to find out like what their gym had. And they had a rack and kettlebells and stuff small, but it was perfect. Um, and I went there, had my program and, um, and it was, was great. So that really kind of transitioned during that time. And then, then I began kind of, that's when I think at that point, when I moved to Argentina, um, we had been working together for over, over two years, probably like two and a half years. And it became more, started becoming more of a collaboration between us. Um, We'd write my programs together. Um, I obviously started to have a whole lot better idea of, you know, what I could, what was, what I wanted to be doing workout wise or exercise wise, variation wise. Um, And I felt really empowered. So I think I had a lot of autonomy, which has continued to grow. But the other piece of this is even before I left um, Charlotte, while we were still together, we worked together on building, our team we had an amazing team in Charlotte and I got to you know Zach let me kind of kind of assist and help I had been to certifications at that point for both kettlebell and barbell so I got to utilize I always would tell people I'm the most certified non-trainer that there is because I went to so many workshops and I just I couldn't get enough information Um, and I would work really hard for these so you know, being able to kind of evolve into helping people. And then everywhere I went, I would kind of latch on if there was like a, a woman, who, a female, who was even the slightest bit interested in Barbell training, then I would, obvi- and then I would offer to help. And um, I ended up helping people while I was in DC. And then when I got to Argentina, I had multiple people who I was able to kind of help coach and yeah. train, you know, for free, just learning, kind of learning the ropes and being able to see them make progress. So that's kind of the evolution of, you know.
0: Yeah, well, it also goes to, it It speaks to the the attitude of independence and competency that like lifting and training brings when you are an actual student of this stuff and you know you make the joke that you're like the most qualified non-trainer well it's you know it's it's only because you just continue to pull on the thread and follow follow your training follow your lines of passion and take opportunities to to learn more to have you know new uh, experiences in your own training, and also exposing other people to, uh, to powerlifting, to kettlebells, getting your feet wet in coaching in your own right, and um, speaking of that kind of level of independence, you know, again to kind of put a, you know, put a point in the story here, again you kind of go from desk jockey, if I can use that pejorative to at this point you're joining a gym, a hardcore dungeon gym of elite Argentinian power lifters.
1: Yes. So uh, yeah. So I when I was yeah when I was living in Argentina, I was trained I trained for the first two years at the embassy gym, which it really I, I had that the whole time we were there, but they were going to renovate the embassy. And closed the gym. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And there really, I didn't know of any any of the other gyms that I'd looked at. There was nobody lifting heavy weights, kind of stood out if you did it. So I was like, where am I going to do this? So I had a friend um, who was a local resident that I met through Kettlebell Circuits. And he and my Spanish was very limited, so that was another challenge, but um, he found a local powerlifting gym that was in the basement of a large gym, a 24-hour gym, and they had a team, and they only let their, like, it was just team training, it wasn't an open gym or anything, but he took me there so we could see if I could train with them, And um, they, they let me come train with them. And I um, talk about being outside of my comfort zone. That was because I wanted to do that so badly. I was willing to put myself out there and, you know, use my horrible Spanish and muddle my way through and, um, you know, meet this group of power lifters. And they were so welcoming and they, over those two years that I trained there with them. They literally became my best friends in Argentina. I went to a powerlifting meet down there. Um, They helped me. So when I left to go to Argentina, I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to really get much stronger. You know, I'm probably going, I don't know if I'm going to be able to compete or anything like that. I really had no idea what to expect in terms of equipment and what I'd be able to train. And Little did I know that those would be probably my most, you know, the best four years of competing and training that I've ever had. And this, I got to train with this team and just being around that community and the encouragement they gave me. And I had my best meet ever in 2019 at Nationals. I made the world team, national team, to go to Worlds that year. And it was with them behind me, and they were like all watching me watching the live stream, cheering me on, and that experience in itself, from all that you know, I mean, again, I've met so many people, I can't even talk about it, but that you know, i I can't even begin to, you know envelope like the the number of people that I've met or but that. Experience in Argentina with um, that group, that powerlifting team, um literally like changed my life and my experience down there because I got to have an experience, a local experience um, of the real culture and Argentina in that nobody else at, at got. I mean, I got to, you know, go to the powerlifting meet. They took me to their, the best restaurants. They, you know, cooked. I got to have the, you know, grill out and do all these different things and really experience Argentina. And that's why in my gym, on my home gym, I have the Argentina flag. I have their pictures because, you know, that was incredibly special and yeah. wouldn't have been able to do that. But I also got my strongest.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, the gravity might be turned up in the Southern hemisphere for for all I know. So (laughs) yeah, but again, I, you know, it's, it's just so funny how, when you have, when you have something, when you have a, a, a practice, something like lifting that let's say transcends cultural and linguistic barriers um it's it's amazing what that can can do for you obviously when you find yourself in a situation like being in a foreign country and
1: yeah i tell everybody if there's if there's any way you know that is proof that strength is a common um bond common language that is it definitely is a common language because um You know i muddled uh, luckily there were people there who spoke english who helped you know with all the communication aspects of it but that is what brought us all together and we all love training and they were they were rigid in their form just like i am i'm very very focused on form and technique and getting better and they were as well and we all helped each other and gave each other ideas And I had really outside of the time in Charlotte, which I really didn't, at that point it was, I was still in a very beginning phase. Then I had trained for years by myself. So having that was um, a really, really cool experience, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, a very unique experience. Being on the USAPL, you know, competing at USAPL nationals, having trained uh in a basement, in Argentina in a, yeah, yeah Argentina. exactly yeah you know yeah that's wild um and then uh unfortunately timing wise the pandemic kind of
1: took away world yeah
0: <laughs> yeah forced you guys out of Argentina in yeah, a huff, here. and also um uh, canceled the World championship that otherwise yep. you Winif- were, were going to compete at.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. Which also began the whole next phase of life for all of us, but also with your training. So you go from training with this elite team of powerless in Argentina to being whisked away by
1: myself in a. Away
0: Back, back to your homeland, but ironically enough, back To square one, yeah.
1: yeah with, back to Charlotte. yeah.
0: with with no with no particular gym to uh, to train at.
1: Yeah, all gyms Ex- are closed
0: for, right? <laughs> right, right. so um without uh, without belaboring the the point here, you had to start your own gym from scratch yeah in the midst of the pandemic
1: exactly and I had I had planned what was funny was ironic again when we were in Argentina I had planned I said when we get back to the U.S. we're going to move into our house I'm going to build the best garage gym ever and I had specced out all this stuff from Rogue and I just knew that like, I was gonna turn 50 that year. I was like, for my 50th birthday, I'm gonna like build this amazing gym. And so I did have, like, I had already looked, I, I knew everything that I wanted. And then, you know, and the main reason I, I wanted my own gym was cause I was like, I'm, you know I had multiple scenarios in Argentina where I thought I wasn't gonna have access to a gym. It's like, well, I'm never gonna have that issue again. You know, I'm going back to the U.S. They have tons of gyms. And I'm gonna have a home gym. And I instead, I come back at the start of the pandemic when all the gym equipment sold out. I don't even have a house. I'm staying in an Airbnb and, or with friends initially and then an Airbnb and I'm like, okay, well, this is great. So I'm looking on, you know, I still, that's my goal down the road but I didn't see that happening anytime soon. And I am looking on the rogue site and there's, um, I was like, you know what? I want a ba- this barbell, you know, um, Ohio Power Bar. I'm just going to put a notification on there that if they come available, maybe I'll get one. A couple weeks later, I get the notification it's available. I'm like, okay, I'm still in an Airbnb with no place, but I'm going to order this barbell. So I order it to my sisters and I'm like, hey, I want this barbell. I don't have anywhere to put it. I'm having it shipped to your house and she's like oh well i mean you can use my shed if you want somewhere to train and so i started to like watch these websites and slowly started to order equip- whatever equipment was ready but i ended up getting or available and i paid a fortune in shipping and but i mean i was it was like my project the into pretty much all of 2020 and I ordered a, a small rack and some things, mats, made this little gym look like a souped up little training place. I trained in this little tiny shed gym. I had a fan, but it looked amazing. Had calibrated plates and bar in this little shed. But that started, I, we knew at that point that we were, we found a house that we were going to move into in Savannah, which is where I am now. And I started um, ordering racks and different pieces for here and um, put it in storage. So then when we got down here and when I got here, I spent a month not worrying about my house, but just focusing on building up that gym and um, it's
0: priorities. it's,
1: It's my dream. And so that's, you know, that's what I have now.
0: And a heck of a gym it is.
1: Yep, I love it. Yeah. So it was, but it was a project. It got me through 2020, and um, you know, it's 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 perfect. I yeah. love it.
0: Yeah. The strength kitchen. Yep. Well, from a house in DC to a house in Savannah, your training has taken you far and wide
1: it has it's been an amazing journey and I wouldn't trade it for anything and now yeah. you know my and
0: yes and along the way you know to be fair if if we pan the camera over you would see a wall full of medals, trophies other hardware yeah. um, so something that obviously we didn't talk a whole lot about today is just your, your actual training accomplishments. So, um, at this point, most recently, you're now a USA powerlifting national champion. I am. Congratulations. Yep. Uh, you're also a USA referee. Yep. So going from like being like nervous to like stand in front of a referee and like lift weights to like and now, now you're one. now you're the one that people are nervous to to lift yeah. in front of. Although of all the judges I think around, you're probably the one that people are least nervous to be around because you're probably the you're probably one of the nicer ones. <laughs> um, and uh, obviously you are, you know, now really a full fledged strength coach yourself. Um, specifically, working with the anchor powerlifting team, and which
1: is amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah, a a super super cool group. So, not to not to put a bow on on this conversation, but speaking of coaching, you actually have a client call that you need to hop onto.
1: Oh, in a few, I mean, Um
0: it, yeah, in a little while. So, yeah,
1: in a, yep.
0: So what, what has the, um, what have the past couple years felt like for you now that you kind of have found a, a house to to actually settle down in and a home gym and, and as you're getting more into coaching yourself and obviously you're kind of finding yourself kind of at the the top of the heap really in, in these competitions, what have these last, Couple of years felt like, and what what occupies your time, what occupies your mental energy in terms of what you want to do in the future
1: yeah um the the coaching aspect of it it's I went, in twenty twenty when I got back here and you know I was kind of yanked out of Argentina, and I you know I was training, but I didn't really have anything specific I was training for I had a couple injuries I had to work through and minor, but you know. They affected my training and competing. Um, I just started really wanting, having this like desire to really be able to help people and wanted to kind of do more to be able to um, really get more into being able to do that. And my main, my whole reason um, behind that was I just wanted people to Feel, to be able to experience what I've experienced and be able to help them. If there's some way that I could help them with that, I mean, obviously they have to want to do it, but I could help them, you know, accomplish that and start seeing some of their goals. And so um, I started to, in the fall of 2020, I started taking on um, or the summer, fall, I already had a few people I was helping. And I started taking on more and more people, um, at that time, just for free, just to really get the experience writing programs, training them online, getting, you know, a better feel for what that is. And, um, it was very, very rewarding. And I knew that it's definitely something that I wanted to continue. Um, And then last summer, uh, so it's been a little over a year that I started um, working with Anchor officially, you know, as a coach. And at the same time, you know, shortly after here, I have a couple in-person clients that kind of reached out to me that I started working with. And um It's just been, that is really as much as my training now, that's just my, my passion to be able to continue to learn more, to be able to help them. But some of my best experiences, I would say over the last, you know, probably year or so are being at meets with the people who I coach and seeing them hit their goals and, feeling as if I was doing it myself as happy as if I was doing it myself and that's how I kind of knew that yeah this is this is this is really what I want to do so that's that's kind of over you know I want to continue to um I I just want to help people who are like like me who think oh I'm you know I would never be able to do anything like this and help them be able to do things that seeing them light up when they do something that they didn't think that they'd ever be able to do, or maybe it wasn't that they didn't think they could, it's that it never was in their realm of, I could do this. Um, And seeing them get excited even when something clicks in a technique. Um, So I'm, I'm doing, I'm constantly trying to learn and get better at that. And so that's kind of, you know, where I am now. And yeah, I have, I'm actually talking to a potential new client tonight, so.
0: Excellent, right on. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure and a thrill to be along for the journey. You've been around the world and back quite quite literally. Yep. with all this weightlifting stuff.
1: <laughs> exactly. And yeah, one, one, you know, one thing when I see people who knew me from 10 years ago, and, you know, I post a lot on social media now more and more. And one thing that people say, you know, over and over again, is just how happy I seem to be. And I, and I am like, I'm happy because of All the people that I've met through this, I'm happy because of all the things I've been able to accomplish that I never thought I would. And now being able to, you know, help others. So so obviously I'm very thankful to you for your help in the last eight and a half years and getting me from there to where I am now. Hey, we're
0: just getting started. Yep. Cool. Well, hey, speaking of helping people and workshop. The thrill that we get from coaching people, Um, we have a hands-on powerlifting workshop that's going on back in Charlotte at our friend Jess's gym, that's TFC Barbell Club, and that's going to be on, (laughs) yeah, that's Gym Around's, it is,
1: yep, Um, that's good.
0: Yep, November 6th, that's a Sunday. So that's actually the day after-
1: Fall festival.
0: The fall festival uh, competition. So um, it is, uh, we have co-hosted more than a few workshops together, but specifically for powerlifting, um, this will be our return to TSC. So we did um, a powerlifting seminar there last year And it was a great time. So if anybody is interested, even remotely interested in powerlifting, whether you're a beginner and you want to make sure you get your foundation set and right, if you want a shortcut, listen, if you want like, what is it, 10 years on your side, 12, 13 on mine, if you want like over 20 years of combined knowledge, especially like, in the details, in the weeds with powerlifting. um, It's just gonna be something that's just gonna super duper shortcut um, your results in your learning curve. If you're newer to powerlifting, if you're no stranger to lifting weights, if you're already someone who has some competitions under your belt, um, no doubt, uh, Tracy and I will bring some perspectives that you don't often see in traditional powerlifting training Um, that will no doubt help you to um, get to that next level in your training. So it's a real thrill for us to be able to uh, co-host these seminars. And that, again, will be going on at TFC Barbell in Charlotte, North Carolina, November 6th.
1: Sorry, my alarm's going off telling me I have a call. Of course.
0: (laughs) Great timing. Cool. So Tracy, always a, uh, a good time giving you these probing questions to uh, share your story. Anything that you want to wrap up with?
1: No, just, uh, you know, I'm just very thankful and grateful to have had this journey and excited to continue.
0: Couldn't have said any better myself. Yep. All right, well, hey, thank you out there for listening, for watching. Gracie Cook, Zach Henderson, hope to see you in person at this workshop or another one in the future. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.